Towards the free kick. Colaccini nearly got ahead on him. Chiotte, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! Would you believe it? Divo Carigi! Balotelli! Aguero! Staggering! Just staggering! Call it, take it quickly, Arigi! Episode to Martin Download. Ian Gilmore, Adam Baker, Luca Maloney. Gents, great to see you again. It is into December now. It's not often we record in December. Yeah. We're still here. We're week, still here. Week off last week. We are. Um awesome, exciting episode today. We had Jeff Hostler on the phone last week for the first ever like coach player guest on the show. This week, MSU men's head coach Damon Rensing live in studio. Damon, first of all, thank you for being here. Uh, love to have you. I want to ask you first about last night. Pretty cool thing just for MSU as a whole. You got to watch Dewan Jones in the MLS playoffs. Didn't win, but still, like, how cool is that to see former players doing that well? It's awesome. And and to be honest, I, I try to watch with a critical eye. And for me, he was one of the best players on the field. Certainly, he was one of the bright spots for New England Revolution. Him, I thought Andrew Farrell, um, the center back for New England, was very good. Um, Turner obviously made a couple good saves, and they're always. Uh, I always pull for New England. A, you got a college coach running it. You know, Bruce Arena was a coach at Virginia, and then they had eight college players starting. They had the, they've had the best record in the entire in the entire history of the league in the re- regular season, po- most points, and uh, they've got eight college kids, and they're all draft picks. So, in the age of homegrowns and internationals and DPS, which are certainly important and and certainly um, you know effective, you have to get the college and the American player right and they've done that and they've been really successful so really cool to see Dewan, especially as an East Lansing kid see him bury his penalty with everything on the line yep. um really proud of him and, and really happy for him we uh I remember watching it was uh, was Tejan he was at um Kentucky right he was, Tejan, Tejan was at Syracuse Syracuse okay because I remember watching him in the tournament uh in, in 18 and he's what he's off to Bruges in January isn't he he I is think. He and is. Just, you had, uh, you know, Dewan. I think there's been rumors linked over there, but they yeah, did say he I've just he just extended a contract with New England. Okay. So I don't know if that how that plays or changes. But you know, I think that's awesome. Uh, Brandon By was the right back who played at Western Michigan. Um, Andrew Farrell at Louisville. Uh, Matt Polster from uh, SAU Edwardsville. You had Buchanan from Syracuse. Uh, Tommy McNamara from from Clemson. So it, it was really cool. That is awesome. If you look at it from like a, a really critical view, what how how like um, and I'm not discounting MLS at all, but like how high up do you think Dewan can get? Whether that's Europe, if if that is Europe, if that's going over there, well, I don't think there's any doubt he's capable. I mean, a lot of those guys are capable. It's about the money, the fit, you know, the level. All those things go into play. Um, I you know I, I spoke to Dewan a little while back, so I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I know that that is an ultimate desire for him. I think. You know, I think he's probably on the fringe of like U.S. national team camps. Maybe not in that first camp, but that that B camp. So I think obviously going overseas. But when you look at what he brings to the table, he's athletic. Um, you know, that that's he's athletic enough to play in any any division of any league in the in the world. And he's continuing to grow and get more sophisticated and savvy on the ball. He impacts the final third. Probably one thing is is he's not left footed, but he if you watched the game last night, he was very good with his left foot. So. Um, I think the future's bright. He's only 24. He, he he's going to keep growing, and and uh, he's in a good spot. He's got a good coach in Bruce Arena. Yeah, 
uh, he's played on the left side enough now that, you know, <laughs> he's probably comfortable there by now. Um, I want, you know, looking back on this season for you and your team, um, it was, you know, strength of schedule was top 10 all year. You look at, there were so many positives and there was downs too, of course, you got to have those every year. How would you look, how have you looked back on it and sort of, you know, how have you analyzed it and assessed it? Well, I think, um, you know, there are some things that we did really, really well that were maybe even beyond what we've seen at Michigan State. I mean, I think some of our ball movement, our creative play, um, and there was even some moments where I thought we played in, in spells even better than our 2018 team that went to the College Cup in certain re- ways. And we did some things that were uncharacteristic of Michigan State. I mean, 33 goals in whatever, 17 games, you know, usually we're a team that doesn't give up goals. Um you know, so I thought that was a little bit more disappointing. And that's not looking at one person or one position. I think it's got to be a team mindset. We had some new guys in there. I mean, obviously Hunter was back, but, um, you know, and Nick Stone, but Josh Adam, Chase Inchow hadn't played. Um, this was really Will Perkins' real first full year. I mean, he did play in the <laughs> yeah. spring, yeah. last Which is spring. crazy to think about, too. Crazy, crazy. And then, you know, you had uh, Connor Brazil was new. So I just think, you know, trying to work some guys in. And, and, and again, I think that was what's kind of – kind of held us back a little bit, but, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things to build off of too. Um, but you know, the two guys that stood out in terms of like, you know, the names and the stats, probably tattoo and Jack Beck, your two first teamers. How is it? How cool is it for you to see them? I mean, they're local kids and then they combine on like, it seemed like every goal that Fry scored, Jack was assisting and they both had great years. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, it's, that's one of the beauties of coaching college soccer as opposed to some of the pros, which is maybe a little bit more transactional. I mean, college, you get to actually see their maturity and develop and over the years and, and to see for I, you know, really a, a change and, and be more disciplined. He became more fit. He was more focused. He was a better leader, um, not to mention scoring more goals. Yeah. So to see that come on and, and Jack back too made some, some strides and we're, we're fortunate that Jack's coming back next year. Um, I'm, I feel fairly confident that, Farai will make the MLS Combine, which is in a couple of weeks down to Final Four. Um, that hasn't been released, but, um, you know, I think he's got a lot of tools and there's been a good buzz about him as far as trying to play at the next level. So um, so those guys, were they were great. You know, even uh, for me, like Michael Miller made strides as a senior, a little more productive, had a couple goals, a couple assists, worked. You know, um, those those seniors were, were, were good to see, you know, and, and, and proud of them. Do you see – Farai sort of maybe possibly like transitioning the way Dewan did, maybe into a because I've heard just you know when we watch the the national broadcast they talk about him in a left back role or a left wing back or something like that. I think Farai is a right back potentially. I think there's a couple things I think he could play on the wing too, and like a four three three might be his best. I think you got to realize too when you watched us play, you know we had some some inexperience around Farai, so. You know, teams would just key on him. They could double team him. You know, so that that's not going to happen at the next level. They're not going to. So I think you know he could be more effective in certain ways, out wide. Um, but he could play a right back. You know, the hard thing is, is that MLS usually spends a lot of their DP money and big money on internationals and the attacking yep. position. So, um, so you know that that makes it a little trickier. But that's why a Dewan could translate. So I think Farai has the right mentality. I think he has. Um, the work rate, I think he has the soccer IQ and the and the and the athleticism to play as a wing back in the MLS. Yeah. So and you kinda hinted at this a second ago, just how the defense kinda you had new pieces coming in, you had a few returning ones. What kinda was 
to thinking maybe in the preseason, I know like Nick Stone started off as a left back, eventually went back to center, and just kind of all the different selections that kind of happened. Well, I think part of it was just trying to get our best four guys out there defensively. And, you know, I thought at times maybe it was with Luke and and um, Chase or, or, or jo- Josh. And so, you know, Nick out wide because we were a little – in the wingback position, we were a little thin outside of Will, um, though I do think Olu came in and kind of uh, ended his career in a, in a strong way and, and, and put, put some really strong, good games together. We were just trying to find that balance, and I think at the end of the day, um, Nick's athleticism and pace um, helped at center back for guys that – for a guy like Josh Adam or Chase Insko who are new to college, meaning they haven't played it as much in those games – just being able to react and read, that stuff happens a lot quicker. The movements of forwards are very good, uh, the individual ability. So when you do get caught out um, or you get caught, you know, the ability to recover and the pace to recover, Stone could provide that. Um, and so we kind of we kind of went back and forth with that and, and, and tried to get what was what was best. But we, we just couldn't quite get it there. And then, every, and then I thought we had it a little bit and then somebody would get hurt. You know, we just we just never got into a, a great rhythm back there, but I think we have some things that we like moving forward. Hey, Damon. Um, Beck mentioned earlier in the season that you guys started preseason training a lot earlier than you normally do. How did that look like, and will that be another theme going into next season? I thought it was great. Now, the, you know, with the NCAA rules, we can't. I can't be involved in that, right? Yeah. So we can't coach, but they can work with our strength and conditioning. They would play pickup. I think there's a lot of positives. It gets freshmen acclimated a little earlier. It allows leaders to organize and, and evolve. I think most importantly, it, it allowed us to really um, assure that we were going to come in in a pretty good fitness level. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at this year, um, we had we've, we had hardly any injuries or like muscular skeletal injuries. Yeah. And we, we really took a lot of pride in trying to build that and work through that, which is really hard in a college season. Um, and so I think that's what it allowed us to do. And if you come in fit, you know, the preseason is so short and condensed, it's it's two weeks. Um, you know, being able to focus on soccer and tactics is a lot lot more important than trying to focus on fitness. But if you're not fit, you got you can't do the other stuff. And so I thought it was really beneficial. Um, I know you mentioned Jack's back and then Olu is done. Can you – Drop any news about any of the others, seniors yeah. or redshirt seniors that may be coming back or not. Yeah, so I think for sure Louis Sala's coming back, Will Perkins is coming back, Jack Beck's coming back, I believe. Luke Morrell, as we said, Fry is moving on. Um, I think Hunter's gonna, Hunter and Olu are moving on. Michael Miller, his eligibility is exhausted, so okay. he's done. And I think same thing with Dante gotcha. or a set. So I think kind of the, um, you got, you know, uh, Louis. Jack, Will, and and Luke. Okay. So, on the note that Salah is coming back, I think one of, because it feels like towards the end of the season, 10 of the 11 in the lineup was kind of cemented, and then it was a bit of the Salah versus Landefeld lineup, or battle off of the right wing spot. So I guess, a few questions, like, kind of what was the dynamic between the two of them, and like, in your mind for selection? What did you think Salah's best position was? Because I feel like, me personally, he came across sometimes as a midfielder, so kind of like, what did you see him as, and kind of what does he see himself as? We need the the Roy Keane character mm-hmm. dynamic right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, there's um, there's a lot of different reasons why certain lineups 
go into play. Um, one of the things was like Louie and Will Perkins had a really good relationship, like on the field, off mm. the field. They they really were good at when Louie would come in, it would allow Will to get forward. Um, and, and Kellen did too. And they're a little bit different type of players. So a lot of times it's like matchups. Um, also, you might have like, take the game like Michigan, like, you know, we just met with Louie, like it was a little bit of an off game for him. And Kellen comes in and gets the, the, the assist and plays well. And what are we supposed to do? Not reward yeah, a kid right. who comes in and play well. And, Almost and Kellen's the been working. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when you start to look at that, so then, you know, you, you go and you say, hey, we got to give Kellen a run. And we think that we're going to be good because now we've got basically a high quality starter in Louis Sala who can come off the bench because when you play college soccer games every three days, it's, <laughs> it's really hard to just roll the lineup out. We got to, one of the things I think we got to continue to get better as a group is just um, having the players being okay with starting and then not starting and coming in and matchups and midweeks and and uh, being a little bit more flexible and worry, not worried about whether I start or not, but how you contribute, whether that's off the bench or on, on the on the, as a starter. Did they take well to that? You think throughout the year? I think some guys did. I think we we gave a ton of opportunity. I mean, that's what people should take. The players should take moving forward. Yeah. I mean. All the different guys that started, you know, Babyak didn't start, then earned some. Um, Josh Adam, Chase Inshow, Luke Morrell started, and then came back and even got to play as a forward. So all that stuff's earned at practice or in the minutes that you get in the game. So we had a lot of different lineups, and the one thing they should take is the opportunity is there. Um, and if you take it, just like Liverpool did on that goal. Um, it's like five minutes in. <laughs> if you take it just like they did, you know, then you're going to get rewarded and you're going to yeah. get more more opportunities. Um, I want to ask about the, the guys that are leaving. So we asked Jeff about this, um, and he gave us this great story about Ava Cook, who, when he started recruiting her, told, essentially told her, like, she'd never make it. Now she's probably going to play in Europe or any of herself. Do you have any, like, never-before-heard stories about any of those guys, like whether it be recruiting or in the four years they're here? Um, the, the ones that, that, that came on, like the, no, I mean, uh, you know, I think one, like Jack Beck was probably somebody that people didn't necessarily assume would just come in and, and light it up yeah. from the start. Um, my old assistant Pierman, uh, you know, was like, I don't know if he's good enough to play here at Michigan State <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but it just goes show sometimes you just have to play a role. So when Jack came in as a freshman, he was around all American Giuseppe Baroni and, and, and a junior and Michael Pimlot. So what we needed there was just a guy who was willing to play a role. He was left-footed. He worked. He played simple. He played quick. And he got he got so much value out of that and confidence um, that he, he grew from it. And to his credit, he has taken it and ran with it, you know. And now he walks on the field and he plays he, he plays like a first-team All-Big Tenor, and he is. Yeah. It, I mean, it helps if you score the goal against Michigan your, your freshman year, too. Yeah, that, that yeah, can't that, hurt. It doesn't ever hurt. You're going to say some, Luke. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, Damon, uh, you touched earlier how players take uh, have to take their chances. We saw Lance come into this team late in the half of the season as a starter going into the place of Hunter Morris. How do you think he reacted to getting that chance in the first team, and how do you see him moving forward next season? Yeah, I thought, you know, Lance showed a lot of a lot of good promise. Um I like his his mentality. I think it, it, he he really works at it off the field. He stays after practice with the guys who want to get shooting. He 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 he's always training and working. And so I think Lance, you know, made the most of his opportunity and the fact that you know it was a it was a tough situation where um, Hunter was out um, and and so Lance came in in the second half of Tulsa played pretty well and then. 
he actually struggled to start against Notre Dame as we dropped some goals. But then we, you know, uh, we got going and he closed that game out. I think he got a lot of confidence out of that. He played well in the 1-1 draw at Wisconsin. Um, and then he came and he held a shutout on, on senior day against Ohio State. So did he, did he make a couple mistakes? Of course, freshmen are going to do that, whether they're in goal, whether they're a forward. Um, but I liked how he – it never affected his total performance. So I think he's got a lot of things going for him. He's got some good size. And for all freshmen, the game just slows down every practice, every game, every semester, and it'll continue to slow down for Lance um, and the other freshmen, and, and I think that'll prove prove well. I always kind of – I don't – I remember a quote like uh, when Peyton Manning was in the NFL as a as a rookie, and he said he felt like the game was like 120 miles an hour, and he said probably right now for Brett Favre it's about 70. But every every snap and everything, it starts to slow down a little bit, and I I look at that for freshmen too. I I think uh, and guys that haven't even played that much, the more you get those minutes, the more things slow down and the more comfortable you get. Yeah, on that. Just real quick, kind of how was it towards the end of the season balancing going back and forth between Morris and Lance, and how do you think they each handled it? I thought both. I think both did a good job. I don't. Um, we, we don't really go back and forth. If it, it was really, um, what I mean by that is I don't like goalies to feel like if they make one mistake they're out. Yeah. So it was never like from game to game. So if you think about it, um, you know Lance played a stretch of games. Um, and then we brought Hunter back in. He played a handful of games. And after those two bodies of work, we were like, we want to see Lance again. And then we went with that body of work. And then I just thought Hunter is capable of the exceptional save. He's a senior. Um, you know, if we could get hot in that Big Ten tournament, he could kind of get on a run and, and lead us there. So we went with that. And um, uh, he, he played solid against Penn State. We just we just got off to a slow start. And uh Put it through everything into the tank, but just couldn't get the goal. You talked about, you know, freshmen and progressing through each year. How, and, you know, just as a whole, with them and as a whole, how do you feel about next year's team at this moment? Well, I think we got some good ability. I think we got some good players. I think we're going to have to, the one thing that people forget is in college, the spring season is really about developing the individual. In the fall, we can't really worry about the individual. Yeah. We just, it's about winning games and, and the team. And, and so for the last two springs, we haven't, we haven't had any time to, because of the pandemic. And so even guys like Gianni Ferry, Kellen Lanafel, Nick Stone, they haven't gone through a hard spring. The spring is hard, um, and there's sacrifice, and there's buy-in. And those that can get through it will gain confidence. And we need that spring. This team needs that spring. We need to develop a, a, a better mentality as a whole, not individually, but as a whole, as far as being a little bit more relentless, not giving up goals, um, you know, winning at all costs, those t- whatever it takes. You take Coach Tucker's, you know, thing, whatever it takes, that kind of thing. So we've got to be a little bit more like that, and I think that will develop in the spring, and uh, I think we can come out really strong, ready for the fall. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give you a chance just to talk about the new guys you're bringing, the five, five yes? Five, That's five new players. The five new guys you're bringing in and what everyone, you know, might expect seeing them. Yeah, so uh, it's a really good class of five, and I think we'll probably add a couple more to it. Okay. Um, but we're really happy with it. it it'll certainly add needs. Um, you've got uh, the forward, Jake Spatafora, who is from Northville, played with the Wolves most of his career, but then went out to Philly Union with their MLS Academy. He is a dynamic forward, and then he came back this year with the Wolves. He can score goals. 
he's physically, technically, and tactically ready to go right now. So I think he'll have a good chance to impact. Um, but he's going to have to adjust to the college game too as well, just like everybody else does. And we've got some good young forwards that I think can can uh, continue to improve. Um, and then you have Kyle Schooneman, who uh, plays for Vardar, which is the, the Detroit club team. He's actually down his senior year with Columbus Crew. Um, ton of pace, probably is his best stuff is out wide, but um, could play wide in a 3-5-2, wide mid in a 4-4-2, or wide attacking in a 4-3-3. So he's got, I mean, pace plus, and he's a really uh, fun, energetic kid to be around. Um, I think he's getting better and better in the final third, um, but his work rate, his um, his ability to play both sides of the ball is very good. So we, we're really excited about him. Uh, Jonathan Stout is from the other side of the state, uh, Midwest United, Potter's House High School, um, a wide player. They were uh, just in the state championship too, weren't they? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but Potter's House, Potter's House, I don't believe so. Okay. Um, but don't quote me on that. Um, but then Midwest United, and he's a pocket player. He's an attacking player, um, can play underneath as a 10, can play out wide, um, Really does some good stuff. He combines well with others, can shoot with both feet. Um, good athlete. He's he's put together well. So we're really, really excited about kind of those three attacking players, um, all a little bit different. Um, and then you have um, Tyler Crawford, who comes – he's a left-footed player with, with Connor Brazil. And, and we'd like to get Will on the right side kind of permanently. Yeah. So Tyler Crawford, uh, really experienced. I think he's one of the top – left backs in the country coming out of high school, mm. very smooth on the ball. Um, obviously, when you, we play for these MLS academies, you come in pretty seasoned and, and, and competitive, and, and he's, he, he's kind of ready to go, I believe. Um, he's very accountable on the defensive side, but he's just calm under pressure. He, he's very good in the final third as far as crossing and finding the, finding the right players. And then you've got Josh Mason, last but not least. He was actually – Teammates on the Jags with uh, with Josh Adam. Mm. He's a six four six five center back, extremely exceptional in the air, both offensively and defensively. Uh, good leader. Um, went to South Lyon High School. Um, very good athlete, competitor, tough. Very good defender. Have to continue to work on some of his on ball stuff, but I think he's extremely coachable, and uh, we're really excited to have him as well. So it's a good five, and we're looking. To add, as we head out to California, or I do on Friday, to do some more recruiting, and uh, and we're continuing to look at players. Yeah, that's sweet. What is what is I you know you know I think what does recruiting actually look like for you? Like when you say that, like what uh, you're going out, obviously watching the players, but then you having conversations with them after you talk. No, to you're the not allowed to really have conversations. It's pretty much okay. an eval. So basically, you know, we're gonna look at twenty, a couple twenty twos, um, who are seniors. The vast majority we're going to get is evaluations on 23s. Okay. Um, and potentially you'll see a couple 24s that play up that are, are good. Um, so it's really evaluated. I mean, we'll be at the fields from potentially 9 in the morning till 9 at night. Just game, game, game with notes. Um, take our evals, and then we come back as a staff. We discuss it and then start to have um, you know com- open conversations depending okay. on the NCAA rules. So like freshmen and sophomores, like we can't talk to 24s yet. Okay. Um, but we'll we'll start to 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 reach out to twenty threes, see where they're at, communicate, and then try to get them on campus. Yeah. Are you going? Is TJ and Joe and and is it Nick Nick Beer? Yeah. Are they all coming here? 
Nick's a volunteer, so you can only okay. have three. You have three full time assistants. Okay. Or t- two full time assistants, one full time head coach. Gotcha. That's me, apparently. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so us three are on the road. TJ and I will be out in out in Cali, and uh, and Joe's down in uh, Orlando and Tampa for a different event. Okay. So uh, yeah, well, it's it's all systems go. Very nice. Um, I know we, we talked about this just before we went on air, but um, you're at the the football game on Saturday, and you're at the USA Mexico game, yeah. Yes. How was that? USA Mexico. If you are a true true soccer fan, it is a bucket list here in the in this country. And yeah, I have never been. Um, and um, look, it's it's the biggest, it's the highest level game that happens in this country of soccer. Once every four years, really, it's the qualification. Yep. It's not just a Gold Cup game. The qualification game to me is the biggest game. It's the most intense. They play once in the United States, once in Mexico, yep. and uh, it was absolutely electric. U.S. Soccer did an unbelievable job as far as how they take a FC Cincinnati stadium and make it look like a U.S. Soccer mm. stadium. The Mexican fans were great. There wasn't many of them, but they were loud and they had their mariachis and things going outside. <laughs> but you know, my son's 13 years old, like to play soccer. To, to he happened to be going down to Cincinnati for a soccer tournament oh. or a couple games, and we were able to share that experience. And it was it was electric, and it is like no other soccer game. And I've been to a lot of soccer games in this country, but it was like nothing I've ever ever been to. It is a little pricey of a ticket. Yeah. Hey, but if, if you it's can, bucket list, you're only going once, right? If you uh, if you can get it, um, it is it is it is worth it. And um, it was it was it was special and a dosacero and they played yep. awesome. Um, the other thing I just noticed, which I kind of knew, but uh, I think the loudest the stadium might have been is when Christian Pulisic checked in. Mm. And even though there's Weston McKinney's yep. and these other wonderful players on the US national team there is no bigger rock star in this country than Christian Pulisic, yeah. and he he brought the house down when he came in, and he did it even louder when he scored, and it was pretty cool. I mean, my son, who's thirteen, his light eyes just lit up, I, you know, yeah, when he was coming into the game. It was just really cool. What's that like for you when you kind kind of get to step away from serious soccer, I guess, maybe as as a coach, and you get to you know take that in with your son? It's you know, it's I think it's it's one of the the pleasures of the job that I have some extra access and. My son does too to, to certain things like that and, and inside information or even sometimes he just tags along and watches our guys train on a Saturday morning. Um, you know, I get to miss stuff too. I didn't get to see a lot of his games in the fall because I'm working. So, um, you know, when I can have those opportunities with my son and take advantage of that, I certainly try to. Um, I don't know if I ever, when I watch his U13 games, ever take my coaching. It's hard to just sit back and try to enjoy a game as a fan. I feel like I'm always <laughs> analyzing and 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 uh, watching and critiquing, and I try to do that, you know. Um, but uh, but it's hard. I was gonna ask when you're talking to him after, are you more dad or coach? As far as from when he plays, or yeah, um, I try to I try to be a little bit of both. Um, I've learned a lot with that that stuff, you know. Um, you know, at the end of the day, for any kids that are playing of any sport. Um, you know, at the end of the day, what I, I can try to help him and guide him and give him information, but ultimately it's really up to him. Um, and it, it, no matter how bad a parent wants it for his kid, um, or mom or dad, it just doesn't, it's not, unless the kid wants it and is willing to, to make the sacrifices. And by the way, he's got to be pretty talented too. Um, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. So 
I try to provide the information. I try to push him when I feel like he needs to be pushed. I do think he has a genuine passion for the game. So I think when you know that a, a son or daughter has that, then you, you're a little more comfortable pushing, I think, because you know that that's something that, and he doesn't understand what it takes. No, no kid at 13 does. So to just provide some of that information, you know, is, uh, is good, but I, I, I hate if there's extra pressure on them and things like that. That's the things that are, are tough, but it just kind of goes with the territory. Yeah. Um, I know you said you're possibly adding more recruits. Got to show you this. Um, some IM goalie a couple of years ago. Don't know who it is. No idea at all. Just want to press play there. And just let me know what you think. Just let me know what you think. Live reaction. Hit that space bar. Hit that space bar. Oh. 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 It was. I got it. Don't know who it is. Kind of dove on his stomach. I mean, he did oh, make the save. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, Jeez. was that one handed or two? Like, what? It was, it was all the way in the corner. Like, that was side netting. Not what I was expecting to hear. <laughs> Uh, it was me. Oh, full um, scholarship? Is that what you want to hear? That's what I was That's what I was okay. hoping for. At least a practice. P- let PK join. stopper yeah. and Penenka take it. Well, well uh, yeah. I didn't score it, though. That's the only problem. <laughs> Got pretty darn my, close. I guess my recruiting pitch would be, you could be the first ever 5-2 first team All-Big Ten goalkeeper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we wanted to hear. Uh, um, okay, let's yeah. get into some uh, postseason <laughs> awards. Changed something pretty quick in that. I think you chopped off like five inches. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I do generous too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Damien, if you remember when me and Joe Fryhofer did that one uh, like feature with Pimlot. Yeah. And they were going around taking, and I was in goal. I saved one, but again, I dove on the stomach. So, right. okay. Hey. I, got, I know what I got to work as on. As long now. as the ball stays out of the net, that's the, the most the important thing. The ball stayed thing. out of the net. What so are the rebounds about to be if you're on your stomach? Uh, it's, that's true. Get up quick. That's <laughs> yeah. you know. Okay. Um, little postseason awards here. Dave's gonna chime in here and there. I don't want to put any pressure on you to you know pick favorites or anything. But um, start off with player of the season, and Luca goes first. Well, I think there's been a lot of good sightings this season, but of course my choice is gonna be Farai. Seven goals, three assists. Hard to argue with. Yeah, Seventeen points, fourth place in the in the in the Big Ten. Three game winners. 22 shots on goal, first in Big Ten. I mean, those numbers speak for themselves, really. And his performances, again, you touched on his leadership. He's been that leader in the team, and he's been the example for a lot of the guys and for the future generations. And being that local kid, I think it's hard not to give him this award. Yeah, it's the same thing we went through with the Ava Cook player of the season one. It's like, do you want to try to have a clever take? But yeah. It's got to be Fry. I mean, I don't know if you're going to do what you did well, last you time, know, too. I, but Well, I said Lauren Kozlo because she needed love, and I'll give Jack back love, so I'll go Jack back. He can't have the goals if he's not getting the passes, yes. Yeah. So Hey, I mean. Yeah. Hey, back tied no, for second. Hey, it's, in a, the, it's a good back shot. Back tied for second in assist <laughs> in Big Ten. I mean, he's he was definitely on my list. Maybe it's a maybe it's a co-player no, this it's, season. It's not like a blowout by any means, but no. No, I think Farai is no. the first name that comes to mind, and I have to ride with that one. Okay. Any comments, Damien? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unsung hero. Ogunwale. I thought, okay. and I said it on one of the broadcasts, just how, and my thought was just how good you have to be because he didn't bench Perkins, but just. To even move Perkins to the other side and how good he was, the combination he had with Stone. I thought the evolution in his 1v1 defense and just how good he was there, he, he stuck out through the entirety of the second half of the season to me. Yeah. 
you guys know how high I've been on Nick Stone for three years now. And I wrote that name down on my list first. And then I pressed backspace a bunch and then went with Will Perkins. I, you know, he got to the byline, I feel like, more than anyone on the team the whole season. And that was from right and left back. Scores two goals. One of them, uh, we'll call it a, a, a really good goal. It might have been a mishit against Oakland. Um, but, I, I, you know, like Damon said, too, first full season he's played in four years here. And I, I think he was phenomenal every time he was on the pitch. For me, I'm going to go with Jack Zuge. Uh, I mean, the game winner spoke for itself, really. And Zuge, when he's in the midfield, you can feel his presence. Yeah. I think he's matured a lot from year one to year two, and he's always looking stronger every game. And for me, I'm excited to see what's next for him. I, my favorite thing about Jack Zuge was I think it was one of the um, exhibitions, and I watched him for just like a, like didn't take my eyes off him for like five minutes, and I think he made like ten no look passes. And I don't yeah. even think he was trying he, he to do loved, it. Like I think that's it. like he's always just looking. Yeah, like, head we do not like next. that. We do not no, like no look passes. <laughs> but his head's always his head's on a swivel. Yeah, that I yeah. love. He's never looking down at the ball, and I, I love that. Always what's midfielder. next? Okay, fair. Um, game of the year. If 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 you have a different answer than Notre Dame, you're delusional. Come down from three one for I scores the winner with a scissor kick. I, yeah. Any arguments there? No arguments. There. No arguments. <laughs> it's it was it would have been so fun if that game was here. Oh. Yeah, it was an amazing game. Um, it was it was it was great, and obviously the fact that you win it, um, no doubt that was the one. I thought the guys really responded at halftime. Um, you know, I'm sh- I, I just kind of came in the locker room and said, "Hey guys, everything's okay." Pat them all in the butt and said, "Just get out there and go play, guys. Have fun." You yeah. know. Uh, no, that's not what. Happened. That's not at all what happened. Um, you can ask any of them, but um, but they responded and we really really played well. Um, and uh, that that game was awesome. I mean, I thought the Akron game, um, not we, we lost, but I just thought with the home atmosphere, the crowd, the level of the game, yeah. the goal Michael Miller scored, you know, and kind of back to your guys' unsung heroes. I thought we had a lot of them. Maybe maybe, you know, not enough. Player of the Year candidates, but I mean, I thought there was a lot of guys, whether it's Perkins or Stone um, or Miller, depending on where you rate those guys as unsung, but that do yeah. a lot of Louis Solid, do, do so much other stuff. Zugay was good, Olo came, you know. So I thought there was a lot of guys like that, and um, but no, I, I mean Notre Dame was it was a special game, and they're about, they're about ready to play in a they, yeah. they got to be I think it's them versus Pitt to play in the Final it's, Four. So you know, I think that's when we play the schedule, um, you know, seeing the teams that we competed against um, in certain ways. I mean, I think we did a stat. I don't know if you guys know what X, XG is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we out XG'd almost everybody <laughs> in every insane. game outside of probably Tulsa, um, maybe one other game. But, yeah. um, Who, I mean, so. Who's keeping that for college sports? Because I've never seen it. So we have a program, Y Scout, which is amazing. Um it's we we have a national video share where we everybody has to upload their game. So, but we have a we pay and Y Scout. We have access to every college game and every statistic from that game, um, and then f- we pick five pro leagues. So, like we can we can Germany, England. We can go look. We can pull up. The, we can pull up the stats after this game and oh, see what the XG was, who played, what um, formations, ratings, all that kind of stuff. So it's it's an amazing. Uh, software mm-hmm. system and, uh, on my and so yeah, list. <laughs> slightly more expensive than the USA Mexico <laughs> ticket. Okay. 
I guess yeah. for game of the season, a 2-2 rivalry game isn't too bad of a shout, that but was, no, Notre yeah, Dame just kind of... Great performance, too. Also for an away atmosphere, that had to be up there with like yeah. maybe the best this year. No, it, it was great. That was another, you know, spot on there. Um, it's uh, It was a great game. I, I think for us... It just given the goal late, we just it felt like more of a loss than a yeah. than a than a tie. But uh, it was a great atmosphere. That game never disappoints. Yeah. No matter what side you yeah. end on it, it just when the atmosphere, the crowd, two good teams. I mean, we I, I really like what Shaka does there at Michigan. He's a good coach. It's just a fun game, and it, it never disappoints. I was on the sideline that night, and I was on the ultra sideline, and I had him like on my butt the entire time because they were just filling up the place. Um, Breakout waiting to happen. Next season, breakout season. This was tough. This was a very hard... You get, the, you get the first, Luca. Yeah, this was a very hard category just because there's a lot of players that I expect, um, that we ex- all of us expect a lot of good performances out of. Yeah. And for me, it's got to be Johnny Ferry. I want to see him step into a bigger role. And, you know, we saw glimpses of just genius moments early on in, in the season. Where he's assisting, he's scoring, he's be, he's a constant threat, and I would love to see more out of him. So, I don't want to put Damon on any eggshells <laughs> if you can't comment on the situation or not. You're going where I knew but you were going there, Adam. It's been the breakout I've called every off season. Allah Algahim, when he comes, if hopefully he comes back. I just think you know how high I am on him just from those few games yeah. he had early in the season, 2019. Yeah. So I think. Al is a special player. He's a special kid. Yeah. Um, it's been great to have him training with us, um, both, I think, for our guys and then also for him. Um, still got some some um, work to do to get back, um, but the door is obviously open. And if he if he can find his, his form back physically, um, his soccer and his soccer brain are, are as good as anybody's. Dan, you don't have to, like, say he will or won't, but is nine months enough for what you see, like, he needs? Time will tell. Yeah. Can that be as vague as possible? Yeah, yeah no, yeah, no, yeah, don't, yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. don't. We're not, we're, we're not pressing you. It's That's just, what I was no, shooting for. No, sure. Not at all. <laughs> um, I wrote Gianni Ferry, and then I wrote Al-Aghim, so. Yeah, I know. Nothing that one... left for me to say. <laughs> it wasn't too hard for me, I got to say. No. Uh, goal of the year. When I went back through the Twitter today, there are many to pick from. And I don't think there's like one. I know Luca linked his, but I like, but but I also have another choice because I, I was also thinking you guys might have a similar. I have seven honorable similar. mentions. <laughs> honorable seven. mentions. You go, go first. Did we? Do we only score like seven goals this year? <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. All right. That was uh, that was 2019, mm. I think. Okay. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's a joke. I uh, think. I mean, gotta go with Miller's free kick. That's. I didn't. Yeah, no. I think I, that, that's the the easy standout for me. That was a sweet hit. Yeah. It was okay. I'm glad Who's... I'm first actually, because if one of you guys would have said it, I don't even think that was Miller's best goal. But go ahead. Interesting. Uh, what the Olympico? Yeah, I mean, I just I the thought seat. the the one against Akron was yeah. was pretty amazing. Or that was and amazing. also this Gianni did some good work. Yes, yeah, yeah. The, the backfield. backfield yeah. I do love right. me some free kicks, but I to me it's just such a one moment type thing. So, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It was a hell of a goal and a huge one to get us off on the right foot. It was yeah. Cleveland State, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Two to one, first first win of the yep. season, first game. Um, here's my honorable mentions in order. <laughs> Got them in order. <laughs> it's too. a top seven now. Um, so this is number two, I guess. Um, Fry's winner against Notre Dame. 
flying in, yeah. scissor kick to win 4-3. Uh, that, that, it's hard to top that moment. Uh, and then I have his curler against Oakland. His patented back the guy off, take a touch inside, smack one. Uh, and then I have Miller versus Akron at four. Very nice list. Um, and the, well, hey, it doesn't stop there. Um, <laughs> we still got three more. Yeah, I, it's seven. it's hard to because of the the build up play with this one too. It's hard to keep it off. Perkins is miss hit slash curling or backspin volley like that thing had like a million revolutions a second on it. But they, it was Tiki Taka down the right. Then he gets into the box from what? right back and scores. The chip or the con- yeah. or the cross. The the chip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those type of interplay goals. Like one of the favorite goals mm. I've ever been a part of was Jay Chapman's goal. We lost. It was the second goal against Providence, three two in the NCAA quarterfinal. But it was all the stuff that led up to it. Mm. The interplay. Um, I got Babiak versus Maryland up there because that was weak foot. I think is he right or left footed? He's right footed. It was an ex- exceptional pass from I think Sala. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that was another good goal just to build up. To it, but yep. Um, Zuge's game winner versus Rutgers, the cutback, and then the curl into the top left. Um, and then Farai's against Michigan. That that was mine. I think it's very that underrated. Was my, that was mine because the, the, first, the first touch, touch is immaculate. The first touch is so good. That was mine. But I have Michael Miller free kick on as my goal of the season. I'm a little biased because I was on the play by play mic that day, but you know. There and I is. thought Kellen's pass on Farai's goal against Michigan yeah. was very good. He threaded, yes. left footed. On, on a thread. On yep. a thread and then a touch. I didn't mean to do you like that, Luke. I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. But yes, um, for I, I mean the way he the way <laughs> he o- a, yeah the way he opens there's not his a goal left that. to break down at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just like the way Farai he gets the ball on the first touch, opens his body, and he's through on the goal. All he has to do is just set himself up for the for the shot, and it's there. It's not easy to, either. It's not easy it's at all, especially when you're playing against a good defensive team in Michigan, and to get that first touch right, and then the second one to hit it across goal. It's a very special goal and very underrated. Yeah, I'm gonna keep the soft spot going for set pieces. If Salah's free kick against Oakland was an inch lower, goal Is of the season. Is that the one that went off the bar? Yes. yes. Yeah. Louis was he's he's pretty darn good at those. Yeah. Um, he scored. Who, which was a Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Right. Last game of the spring. Yeah, I thought yes. he had one this year. I thought he had a, a goal this year. No. Uh, not on was Oakland. Did he score against Oakland? He scored the yes. dagger against Oakland, yeah, yeah, and then the free yeah. kick was right after. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, it was just the Notre Dame goal, but there was 16. I think the finish for Farai was obviously special, but I think we counted 16 passes that led to it. Really? And the ball, I mean, I mean oh, the cross left foot oh, from 40 yards. That was professional. Whipped right. in. So I think when you take take the 16 passes, the left foot service, and then the, the quality of the finish. On the money, too, the To cross. win the game at a team that's in the quarterfinals, I think I'd go there. But there, now that you guys talk about it, there was – yeah. A lot of special and goals and from a lot of different today. players. So those that's what really looks looks promising for the future. Yeah, I think it was what, like twelve or eleven different guys scored this year? Mm-hmm. Even though you had Fry up there with seven himself. So um save of the year. This is the only thing is I mean, we, we talked about it. Morse against Penn State. Uh Morse against Michigan was in there. I don't know. You probably have a better memory of those than us. Um I thought I mean I thought Hunter was unbelievable against Penn State. Yes. You know, so yeah. I don't know which one you're referring to because I, I think I he had remember. like well, that was, uh, three that or was four of them. The corner um, sequence, wasn't it? Where it was three corners yeah, in a yeah, row. Bounce yeah. Around, yeah, it has to be there. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was important. He did make a big save early on to keep it 1 0 against Michigan, too. Correct? Yeah. 
I remember the corner sequence too. That was when Dewan came up on headset, and we were trying to have like just a conversation with him, and we couldn't because of everything that was happening at that moment. Um, celebration of the year. I'll just you know hand you the floor, Adam. No, the fusion it after. I mean, it happened a few times this season actually, but just Jack Beck and Farai Mutatu. The, got a soft spot for any picture. type of Dragon Ball Z reference. Got a got Did a back they, uh, it. Wasn't the same game they hit the South Africa 2010? Yeah. Yes. I can't go or, name uh, for name Oakland? on who was there. Olu was in it. I think Salah was in it. It might have been Salah's goal against Oak. No, because it was the same goal, two celebrations. Oh, really? Yeah. But it had to be Farai, Olu. Back, back probably snuck his way in again. Makes sense. Probably. Yeah. Not in a negative way, obviously, but no. no. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the four, but it was those back to back. So, no sequence of the season and celebration. Great celebration yeah. game. Do you have a Do you have a celebration? You, you, it's your go to game, even when you're a player. No, not really. Oh. I didn't. I don't know if I scored enough to <laughs> to ever really drive up a concept of a celebration. So, um, us coaches, we just like to hug after goals. So. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a couple underrated ones there. I mean, I, I do like Miller's against Akron just to see that the, the Rowdies just absolutely yes. explode it. and yeah. run up and to see the streamers. Um, and then, you know, Nick Stone breaking the corner flag at, at Michigan. <laughs> he literally <laughs> broke was, it. The referee yep. came up to me, and I was like, just send me the bill. Um, he's like, I, just he? was, I don't know if the referee did, but I, I don't know if, they, if Michigan did. But, um, but yeah, I think, too, just the, the point of that game. But. In the corner not, with the rowdies, Not the too. creativity, you know, not the, no. the style that, you know, for eyes and those guys have, for sure. That's fair. Looking forward to when uh, Allah scored against Cornell, he hit the Ronaldo sweep. Oh, yeah, Let yeah, him bring that. that back. Yeah, bring it back. Okay, um, we're down to the final eight in the NCAA tournament, and we need win on predictions. I've, I've been, um, I, I don't know, irritated at the lack. We had, there was... Indiana Maryland in the same like, like three. Then Maryland loses, and then Indiana loses to Washington. I don't know. See, the last time we we did this in what a nineteen, and I correctly predicted it. Georgetown, well done, no big deal. Um, and I feel like it's just a toss up everywhere right now. I don't I don't know if there's Oregon State's been great, and there are they had the strongest strength of schedule in the country, and they had one loss. I think it's hard to bet against them right now. I'm going to go with St. Louis just because of the Sternberg tie. Well, I picked Washington in 2019, and I'm going to pick Washington again in 2021. You beat but, Indiana. You got to yeah. do something. You're doing something right. Homeboy got a hat trick in the court in a tournament third round, so yeah. he's riding a hot hand. Yeah. Yeah, I did pick Washington to go far as well. Pac 12 tie, going back to your roots. Yeah, yeah, or Oregon State. I would love to see Oregon State go into the national championship as well. Just to mix it up, yeah. Just to mix it up, that's fair. I had, uh, I have six. I I correctly picked six of the eight quarterfinalists. Really? I had I had Maryland in it. Uh, Sasha ah. let me down, and then I had I had West Virginia and Tulsa. I just had Tulsa beating West Virginia. Okay. We played them. I thought they were very very good. Yeah. Um, I think it's pitchy. I think anytime you have a team that was in a Final Four and then comes back. It's a little bit different. I mean, if Oregon State or Washington get there, just somebody who's been there, it's the first time there. Doesn't mean you can't win it, but I just yeah. think there's a lot of different things. I think the experience of a pit um, is is uh, is is pretty impressive. Um, so we'll see. But that's who I, I've got. I think it's Pitt, Oregon State, and uh, Washington, and uh, Georgetown in the Final Four, and I think I had uh, a Pitt-Washington final with Pitt winning. Okay. 
Back, uh, I had Tulsa beating Georgetown, but I would put Georgetown in there now. Gotcha. Well, it's like, uh, I mean, Georgetown at 19, you guys beat him in the Sweet 16, and then they come back the next year, and, I mean, they were they beat everyone pretty handily, I think, in the tournament, too. They were they, they do a great job. Brian there is a, a great coach, and uh, and uh, they, they do. They play a great brand. I, I, I'm really impressed with them. Um, you know, and it, not, not, they certainly wouldn't. Wouldn't surprise me if they if they raise the trophy again. Mm. Um, no disrespect at all to them because they were there where they were for a reason. But could you believe your eyes when you were watching Penn State or Twitter? I, I was I was obviously surprised. Um, but what I what I kind of heard is I think they had about twelve guys go down with the flu, oh. kind of, and, and I think the week before practice. So I, even if they had their lineup, I don't think they were in any 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 position or condition to. To kind of move forward, so yeah, that that, that yeah, obviously now. that 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 kind of uh, really really shocked. Though I mean, the only other thing was Penn State really had most of their success in the conference, yeah, um, and struggled a little bit more out of the conference. So right. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. All right, um, way too early season predictions for next year. I guess maybe more of an expectation. I don't want to make you predict your own team, Damon. But also on here, I have go crazy or be a loser. So uh, I'll go first and go crazy. Um, not crazy. Um, I think, I mean, obviously there's a good group coming back and you have, you know, the freshman class sounds quite good too. I think top four in the big 10 and back in the tournament for sure. Um, yeah. You know, these predictions are so much easier when you're not in the room. Man, we can... <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, don't, don't bother me. I'm used to the pundits. No big deal. Um, I'll go, I'm going to say sweet 16. All right. So what's the top four? Top, who's, who's uh, Maryland, dropping out? Maryland, Penn State's dropping out. Penn State's dropping out. No disrespect. Uh, Maryland, Indiana, Michigan, MSU. In no particular order. I just, I, ben, Ben, do you think Benders is going to leave? Uh, I don't know. If he comes back. <sighs> He's a sophomore, right? Josh Bolma, too. Yeah. Hayden Stafford. I know Bolma it's not. Hayden Stafford I know you're top. not talking about graduation for Bender, obviously, but yeah, right. I feel like. <laughs> right. No, no, no. You know, yeah, but, yeah. Kate could go play in MLS right now, probably. Yeah. For whatever I know. Well, for next season, I would I would like to see a top six a top six finish, definitely a spot and go go deep into the Big Ten tournament and a spot in in the tournament too. <laughs> Vague prediction compared to Ethan. Yeah, we have to be. Lucas scared. Not, we yeah. have usually all in depth and everything. Come on. We have. I mean, David said, "Don't worry. Don't David worry." David said, "Don't worry. I'm not worried. I think. It, I think there's going to be a lot of youth in that Just team. Just don't drop the O in 17." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's happy, right? As long as that. Well, uh, uh, I mean, be... that way he can come back and say, "Hey, I told you that." There you go. He's got a lot more. Yeah, I'll be, I'll, you're, you're putting yourself out there a little bit more, Ian. Yeah, I'll, so, be around, yeah. I'll be around. He can, he can act a little smarter, That's right? It, yeah. He's like, okay. "I told you this was going to happen." It's okay. It got good expectations. Top five, definitely in the conference. I'm trying to – I don't want to ask you who you think's the easiest one to jump. We won't put you in that position. <laughs> but I look at those four that I always mention. It's – I think Maryland has a big redemption story coming, how they bounced from the tournament yeah. and then the NCAA tournament back-to-back like that and losing it on the last – or losing that game to Penn State to lose the, turn, uh, yeah. the conference. Oh, top four, jump Michigan. That's what oh. I was going to say, too. Now that I think about it, I think Michigan's losing some guys that are seniors unless they're coming back. That's the, that's the only thing. 
maybe three if Penn State falls from this. Uh, I mean, we just heard they had the flu potential too, but Penn State rides the downward momentum. Top three will jump Michigan and Penn State. For me? Alal Gahim, player of the conference. I'd love to see that. So I'd love to see that. I know, you know, um, however you would like to. Well, uh, first, I think we're going to give up less than 33 goals next okay. year. So I think like that, that prediction. that'll be good. Um, you know, I think for us, this year was interesting. Like, you take a Penn State. I mean, there's some teams that really, like, built off of the COVID year. Like, Penn State, mm-hmm. all those guys came back and really kind of moved to that. I think, I think um, Michigan had that as well. Unfortunately, their, their kid Har- uh, Harrison was hurt, the center back. Um, but with Ibarra and some of those guys – um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think the league will be always talented and, and, and tough, always one of the top conferences in the country. It might not just be as senior laden as some of these, these teams were. So I think that makes it more wide open. Our goal is always, I mean, we have high, high, regardless of what our record was this year, our, our 19 is, is we have high expectations, yeah. high standards. And, um, you know, it's always to try to challenge for the big 10 title, the last weekend of the year. So if you put yourself in a position to challenge for the Big Ten title last weekend of the year, um, you're probably putting yourself in a in a spot to earn an at-large bid as well. Um, and then obviously you're in that that Big Ten tournament, which is a is a crapshoot in the fact that there's just so many good teams. Yeah. Um, and I think if you can win the, winning the first game, I know it's so cliche, but if you can get past that first game you're in a good spot. So um, if, you're, if you're in the top four like you guys want us to be, we're hosting a quarterfinal, which is always um, positive, you know. Um, so I, those, are the, those are the typical goals for us. Um, when you look at the benchmarks, if you can score close to 40 goals and give up less than 20, that's basically a two-to-one. That, those are the teams that win titles, mm. that, that, that make deep NCAA tournament runs, and th- so those are the things that we'll try to set for ourselves coming in the, into the fall. Yeah, for sure. Well, that is the wrap-up of the Michigan State men's season 2021. We do have world football to talk about, though. And this is, this is hey, it, you know. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yes. So just before, I do want to just thank you three. You guys have been awesome for Michigan State soccer. You guys are at every game, home games. You follow on the road. You travel to the, to the road games. Um, very professional in how you guys approach things. And I just personally want to thank all three of you for – for what you guys done to support and to spread the word and, and to cover Michigan State soccer. And I, I with that, I value opinions, whether I agree or, or disagree with them. Um, but I value them, and I, I think you guys put reasoning and thought behind them. And to me, that's a good sign of, of a journalist. So we, we appreciate what you guys do here. Yeah, our Thank pleasure. You. Appreciate and that. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> for giving us the access. Um, okay, Ballon d'Or. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about this. Um, Messi first, Lewandowski second. And we can get into the rest of them too because the rest of them are whack. But um, I, 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 I understand the whole argument. I really do. Let, let, I don't know why they canceled it last year. Just just have it virtually give Lewandowski his Ballon d'Or. But did he really get robbed this year? So, uh, God, I don't know. You go first. but We know Messi is still the best player on the planet for me. And I think last year he had the best year of anyone on the planet. It's interesting. So I think one thing, and this like, maybe this isn't like a legitimate argument, but I think canceling a Ballon d'Or is so unprecedented. I, yeah, that I mean, it's, it doesn't make any that sense. That the first Ballon d'Or back 
like if you want to include both years, that should be part of it. That's you know, a, I don't think yeah, especially when take. the football was still going on. Yeah. I mean, it was suspended for a couple week, a couple like not even a month in the Bundesliga, well, and then it came back. French, yep. French league canceled, and they run the Ballon d'Or. So that's yeah, it's yeah. you know it's, it's France football, but I, but look, I think I, I feel like that should have been like cemented. It's a two year Ballon d'Or. You can't just have a void calendar year. I, and act like it never existed. Yeah. It is a little interesting with like, because I am kind of with you. Cause obviously, I wanted Lewandowski to win it for his own reason and Ronaldo staying closer to Messi. But you look at Messi. Messi's season was a little shallow. The stats were there. He had a Copa del Rey. The Copa America was the big, great. The, the big, that was the big highlight of his, se- of his year. The whole set, nothing's taken off at PSG yet especially considering the goal and his assist yeah. came after voting closed. So it's you're going off half a season for Messi that resulted in a third-place league finish, yeah, a Copa del Rey win. And again, the Copa America was great. But does that overshadow Lowy's goal scoring? Again, I do think you need to include the 2020 part. And just he's been and 12, that, he's the been cha- 12 months. league winner in both. 2020. Yeah, and he's been 10 months as a voting of nonstop productivity. Okay, we say Messi's always resting on his Copa del Rey and Copa. No. Did Byron win any cups last year? They won. No, they're just the league, and they got knocked out of Champions League with Lowy, in, with Lowy injured. Club World Cup, which club you can World say cup. they're the best club in the world, yeah. but they're playing against like Al Jahar and it's a Monterey bit of from it's a bit of a given when you win Champions League, you're getting the second one too. More goals, Lewandowski by one. More assists, Messi by ten. Goals plus assists, Messi by nine. Goals by one. Thirty-four to thirty-three, twenty twenty-one. Hmm. Who came in third? Wait. Benz, I don't. Benzema. Uh, Lowy's at sixty-four. Right? Is this, this might just be the league then. Yeah, no, Lowy's because I just saw something today. Lowy's pushing for <laughs> seventy to break Ronaldo's, I think, career high in a calendar year. This year? Yeah, this season, this calendar year, he's on sixty-four. 20, so goals plus assist, even though Messi obviously takes assist, Lowy's still taking the overall. Really? I'm saying like statistic. I'm saying his goals and assists add up to more than Messi's. Okay. Yeah, and. You break that forty-nine-year-old record that was never supposed to be broken in the Bundesliga. The, the Gerd Müller thing, yeah, I, under, I get that. I don't know. I don't. And know. here's the thing. Here's one thing for me. And it gave away Messi was obviously winning the Von Dor. They made a trophy for yes, Lewandowski. That's, oh, that was the like, worst if that thing you doesn't could do. Scream. Name we, it the 2020 Ballon d'Or. It's like, yeah, it's it's like, like, striker of the, year. the consolation prize. Well, everyone knew exactly what was happening when yeah, they did that. It was like they made. They felt bad about not giving him the Ballon d'Or, so make up another award. The humanitarian oh. award. I do think the national team stuff weighs more than what... I think Champions League and the domestic stuff is so front and center when you play for Bayern or yep. PSG or Man United or whoever, those top leagues in the Champions League. And I think um, people kind of overlook that, whether or not, you know, and and so I do think Messi's um, Copa America probably weighted him there, yeah. um, but I, Lewandowski, it, it's tough, and I, it's always tr- it's tricky. You see it in a lot of sports where it's like, okay, we know Messi's the best player of the world, and it's a massive gap between Ronaldo. And who are we getting here? So anyway, um, uh, interesting. I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, <laughs> maybe 37 year old Ronaldo. Um, no, but. Um, but so do you give it just because we all know he's the best player, so you can't just give it. Yeah. You got to back it up. I think it happens with LeBron once in a while. I that always... was honestly, I think that's why they gave it to Modric the year that he did. I think everyone was tired. 
of getting yeah. it to Messi and Ronaldo every single year. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, no, I wouldn't disagree with that. Who would you have given it to, Damien? If you chose. I, I mean, I, I do think Lewandowski, like, I just think he, his impact was 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 huge. Um, and I, I the, the amount of goals that he scored and and, and for some of that, like, would like to, like would like to see maybe something a little different. I think he certainly earned yeah. it. So, um, <laughs> we can give you the floor here. Ollie sacked Ralph Ragnick in. Um, int- like I, I think this came out of like the blue. Like everyone was Ten Hag, um, Poch even, uh, and then they talked to Ralph Ragnick. Six month contract with a two year, con- two year as a consultant deal. After I just, you know, what do you think of it? Especially. With it being the consultant thing after, and it just being an interim manager, because yeah, United th- is your th- club, yes. Yeah, I think okay. that's I think that's that's interesting. Um, I mean, first, it's amazing to me. With I mean, it had to happen with Ole, and I don't think anybody really wanted it to happen, but everybody knew yeah. that it needed to happen. And only a guy like that can walk away and still be beloved by the club. So I think that's a credit to his like character and and uh, how he's handled himself, and to the Man United as a club, what what they what they stand for. Um, uh, six months. If it's just six months and that's all he's doing, and then staying on, I think you're just you're, maybe you're just trying to get to Champions League, right? I mean, um, unless he's going to instill a style because he does have a unique style. I mean, he likes to press. It, it would change, and 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 what Man United needs is to develop an identity. So if he's the guy that's going to help develop that identity, whether he's actually coaching it or overseeing it, then I think it could be very positive. Um, if he's going to be there for six months and go into a consulting role and they're going to bring in a different coach that's going to do something different, then it's not going to line up yeah, and yeah. They're, they're going to be back to square one. I mean, Man United needs some better players and they need an identity of how they're going to play moving forward. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to, uh, he's going to have a big say in who that next coach will be in. If Obviously, they don't look like they're going to appoint him full-time as the head coach, but he's going to have the say. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for the signing. Like, Obviously, I mean, that weird hole with United where it's like a don't root for them, but Sancho and Ronaldo are there, and I need them to be productive. <laughs> and I'm especially excited just because of how like up Ragnick's alley Sancho is. They both have the Bundesliga ties. Ragnick has the whole godfather of heavy metal thing going for him with Klopp and Tuchel. So I'm excited to see him in the Prem. I think it's going to be entertaining. I do think, I mean, just because like, the game, I mean, first and foremost, Ronaldo's up top. So you give him those three months to establish his philosophy before the Champions League run knockout round start. I just think it opens every door back up for them. Will he want to press and do the things that Yeah, Ronaldo has to listen. <laughs> Ronaldo's going to have to listen to him. And I read an article on The Athletic that mentioned, you know, Cristiano's not always the one who's going to be most responsive to playing to the team's style as opposed to the team pl- accommodating him. You know, but all the, like, the negative Ronaldo coverage that's been happening, I feel like has been very overstated. Yeah. Like, yeah. what was the weird thing about he, the journalist that said the f- something like, uh, all he wants to do is win more Ballon d'Ors than Messi, and then he said he never said that? And... Yeah. See, there's no way that's all Ronaldo cares about in his career. Like, but but he, not, not the Champions League, not the internationals. He, very interesting word to phrase that statement. Obviously, Ronaldo called him out for it. Look, it's selective pressing. Part of its age, part of its what, whatever no, you want. No, can... no, 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 no. Not, not with that specimen. Huh. None of that is it's... age. None. <laughs> He's built like a twenty-year-old guy, dude. Yeah. He's been... 
Hey. Like he's, he, he was yeah. talking about it in an interview. He's like, biologically, I'm like 20 years old. You know? Yeah, like, and he is. Yeah, look I mean, at him. Hey, if he pressed nonstop, maybe he wouldn't be biologically yeah. 20 years old. You know, oh, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's it's, thing it's preservation. You know, he's up there in age. Give him the six months with Ragnick and then see what is biological body is like and look you can get around one player not pressing i think i mean when's the last time messi pressed for barca when he was still there you know and it, at times it would work until the latter years of his career i think you got to give ronaldo some credit the fact that he not obviously goes to great teams but he's he's played and won at a lot of different levels yeah. i mean he did it at man united then he went to real madrid then juventus and now he's given it a go back at man united he's gotten out of his comfort zone a little bit um and he's proven that he he helps teams win. So he's amazing. International you know, stage um, too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's done it with Portugal. Great point yeah. there, Ian. I mean, I think player coach. Yeah, I mean, he's just um, he's good at your wrong. You got to give him. You got to give those guys credit. I mean, certainly you give a guy like Messi credit who's been with Barcelona ninety percent yeah. of his career. But there's a certain comfort level, and you have all the best. You know, some of the top players yeah. around in a system. You know that brings in players for you. You know, um, so I think. Uh, you got to give Ronaldo some credit for sure. I hate City, but that's the one thing I've always wanted to see is Messi in the Prem. And I, a very small part of me wanted to go to City in the summer. How did, uh, I was curious, how did uh, your United supportership start? So honestly, I, just when you, you guys, back in the day growing up in the United States, there was only an hour of soccer on yeah. TV that you could find. And it was basically, um, there was a soccer made in Germany on, a, on Sunday mornings, which is hard to get a hold of once in a while, but. It was a Fox Midwest when I grew up in yeah. St. Louis. They would have an hour of it, and it would basically be the first 15 minutes would be highlights and goals of the week, and then it would be a game that they would play, abbreviated game. Okay. Um, and more times than not, it was Man United. So um, so that's how I just I grew yeah. up watching Mark Hughes, Eric Cantona, um, all those types of guys, Peter Schmeichel. Um, obviously, then you start to see Skulls and Beckham and – Gigs and those guys and Solskjaer come in, so that's how I I, I got. It. I didn't I didn't just jump on the bandwagon like with Liverpool the way this guy. Does. <laughs> you know I, I've actually I've been through all them thick and thin, but uh, but no, that's the that's really the main reason why. <laughs> probably probably, more, probably more thick than thin when it comes well, to. Well, the last ten years, last yeah, ten years yeah. been a little thin. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, that's I, great. So. Um, I don't even want to talk about this, man. I gotta move on. Are you heading out? Yeah. Okay, yeah, no problem. Thanks, thank guys. you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you very much, Damon. Thank Appreciate you, Damon. Your time. Safe travels, and uh, you'll see that one next year. Yeah, you'll see. I'll be around. We'll be in the stands. He'll be in the. He'll be oh, in the booth again. So you guys can be hooligans. Huh? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. When you're back here, yeah, I'll have them on the TV. I'll have yeah. them on the TV. We'll be the ones shouting yeah. extremities at the other team now. <laughs> All right. As always, go green. <laughs> Thanks, Damon. Thanks, um. Okay. <sighs> Newcastle. Do we have to? Do we have to? Uh, I want to hear it. Yeah, I mean... You don't have to nah. give us, like, you know, animation, but thoughts. I'm just curious. Well, I mean, love that Eddie Howe is in. But if we don't start winning, no one's going to want to come in January. Four teams in the history of the Prem have been winless through 14. We're six points off safety. And Watford... Or I think it's Watford now, because Leeds won yesterday. Watford has a game in hand. Luckily, our next game is against Burnley, who can't. And right not doing you. much better than us right now. Whoa. But I, like even yesterday, like one. First of all, how Kieran Clark is still getting games in the in the first division in England is absurd to me. He's played like ten times and has done good things in like one game. 
He gives the ball away and then brings Pookie down. I know, I understand you don't want to give up a goal, but it's 10 minutes in. I'd rather be 1-0 down and 11 men than at 10 men and 0-0. Like, you got to let your goalie do his job. Dubravka played pretty fine yesterday. He had a uh, save at the end of the game that kept us in it. And and then, uh, I mean, great, we go up 1-0 and then have to give one up, and it sucks. Like, I mean, we played pretty well yesterday. You're against... You're 10 against 11, and you play well for 80 minutes, and you give up one goal in it. I'm just, uh, at, like, a lot of the fan pages even I'm, I'm, I'm follow on Twitter are starting to say we just have to accept relegation, which I disagree with. Lots of season to go. Lots of season to go. We need, we need what, 10 wins. We need 10 wins or, like, 8 wins and some draws. Yeah. That's mean, doable. Yeah, and you we haven't reached, technically, the second half of the season yet. So, I don't know. I, uh... And I'm it, just um, losing a little faith, I guess. It looks a long ways away when you're winless, but Newcastle wins back-to-back games, everything flips, you know? Like Yes, no, 100%. First of all, just look at the table. Yeah, you're Six out of points all of a sudden. Back-to-back games. Yeah. No, it you can never like, uh, but you need that to happen soon if you Well, if you want the January bump. Be Norwich Burnley, yeah. yeah. And you're going to have a tough schedule coming Yeah, what the, it's to Liverpool, late, Leicester, December. City, United are something in a row. Yeah, Liverpool, City, United then Everton. It's Wait. <laughs> it's Leicester before Liverpool too if you didn't mention yes, them, yeah, right? Yeah, Leicester so right before Liverpool. Doesn't uh yeah, that is a very... I it's mean, a, it's... Everton's looking like it might not... Everton, Southampton, Watford, Leeds, Everton again. Is a, It's a favorable stretch, relatively. If you can... I mean, I don't know. Are you confident you can finesse points off any of the uh, big dogs? Maybe one of them in there. Like, just grab a 1-0 or 2-1. You got the Manchester clubs at home. I don't think much success is going to happen at Anfield for you guys, respectfully. No, no nothing. <laughs> Not many people have success at Anfield yeah, these days. True. No, we forgot to mention it, Damon. Man United play Arsenal tomorrow, and our Arsenal um, fan, Mr. Jeff Hostler. Oh, that's, the, the, that's the, 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 derby. the MSU Derby. MSU Soccer Derby. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, I just don't feel confident at the moment, which sucks. Hey, if you, you think anyone joins in January with the current state of affairs? Yes, I, they still do. I mean, they know they're going to get paid a lot of money a week. And even if you're in the championship, it's nice to get paid a lot I mean, of money a week. And you also have that optimism that you have a new coach that is yep. essentially going in and the I've right seen direction. A, have you watched Joel Linton the last two games? He's a new player because we have a coach that knows how to knows where He's to him. play him, not up top, not at left wing. You can get the best out of him. Where is he playing? In the midfield. Like as a left midfielder, not like a winger. Or for, what's the formation? Four four two. Four four two. Interesting. If you, if you want to count ASM a forward, it'll be uh it's kind of like a four four one, and then ASM does what he wants. I'm not sure I'll catch Newcastle Burnley, but I'm excited for this big stretch you guys have coming up. In terms of like, important. in terms of me tuning in, gonna be quite important. Um, that. not to keep the bad mood going, but Dortmund is out of the Champions League. Yeah, pretty devastating. I mean, look, it's tough. The bread and butter of this podcast, I feel like, isn't me getting uh, overly angry at the club. I try to be, uh, you know, deluded romantic when it comes to Dortmund. <laughs> you have to. So, the, the things I'll say, I'm not excusing the absences. No, I'm not excusing the exit because it was still a favorable group. Yes. The timing, well, everything that's happened, losing Holland for the final two games, Hummels getting the unfortunate red card against Ajax, and then somehow not winning the appeal to be unsuspended against Sporting. And 
uh, his fill-in kind of, you know, uh, fumbled the bag, had to adjust the saying there. Uh, I thought Monty was going to score. No, and going into that last Lisbon game, again, we knew if we win, we were through. Dahoud couldn't start. He wasn't fit enough. Holland out. Hummels out. Guerrero out. It's not favorable. Again, they should be advancing. But it didn't hurt as much as I would have thought. One big reason, we play Bayern on Saturday. If we win that game, I don't care what happened in the Champions League. Two, it's going to hurt more in February when the knockout rounds actually roll around and Dortmund's not in it anymore. I think, like, last yeah, season... You can pull, like, an inter- what Inter did last season. You know, they just focus on domestic competitions now that they're out of the Champions League. and Yeah, and that's the hope, because, I mean, I don't... I'm deluded, but, you know, I have a cap on it. I know Dortmund's not making any crazy Champions League run. I do have Bundesliga ambitions. So, look, get this out the way. No, wrong wording, because, again, I wouldn't have wanted to fumble the group stage. But maybe without this, it just ever so slightly helps the chances, the team's getting healthy again. Do you think they make any significant moves in January? <laughs> I just hope we don't make any negative moves because we're out, but I don't think that'll happen. But, I mean, I doubt it. Dortmund's not, a, Dortmund's not enough of a spender to be one in winner. And I don't know where... I mean, I just think the big thing now is getting everyone healthy again, which is going right so far, but now we have... Reina's finally back, but Bellingham has the setback. Hoping everyone's available for Saturday. But no, it it sucks, but no, it, I'll... Yeah. All eyes are on Saturday morning. Luca, any Milan or Spurs complaints? Uh, well, Milan is technically is winning right now three nil over Genoa, which puts them in a healthy second posi- in a second place behind Napoli, who are three points ahead in the table, <clears throat> and then one point behind us will be Inter. So Serie A is, is becoming a very tough league. Probably, I say out of the top four right now, like out of the big leagues, they have the most congested top four at the moment. And Juventus in seventh place, um, they struggle. Um, I don't know. Did you guys watch? Uh, by any chance, I'm mentioning Juventus. Did you guys watch the Amazon, the not, All or Nothing? Not yet. Not no. yet. Very interesting, just because Cristiano's still there and Weston McKenney yeah, obviously being involved in in the I team. I want to. It's uh, I I love it. It's they're it's very fun to watch. So yeah, on that note, that's that's it for Italian football this weekend. Jeez, what an episode. But these last two great weeks, back, great back-to-back episodes. Last two weeks, man, phenomenal job, boys. I the the insight you get from coaches just having them in here is just awesome. Yeah, they, thank they, you once again yeah. to Damon and, and Hosser last week as well. Absolutely, lovely way to end the season. Really well, is. Um, we'll be back once more, right next week. We yeah, we will be back. Talk, talk some global football, some ch- upcoming Champions League as well. 20-minute gloating session if Dortmund wins this weekend. Bring Bayern? The, uh, bring the tissues. <sighs> First Bayern. Man, uh, one quick, not, not complaint, that's the wrong word with the subject. It was looking so close to Dortmund having 67,000 people in the stands for that game. Jeremy, oh, they have to go empty now? No, nah, it's not empty, it's a third, and there's no standing. So uh. at least there's something. But uh, it, was a, it, was, it was disappointing timing. That's unlucky. Any other final thoughts, gents? I think that's all. I think we covered it. Yeah. All right. Hour 15. Thanks for sticking around, especially if you got this far. Thanks for joining, as always. We hope that you have found this episode to be in the great words of Ray Hudson. <clears throat> Give me one sec. <clears throat> Magisterial. Join us next time.